Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, Associate Producer and Starista's Creative Copy Manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with the industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ talk to Michael McLaren, Global CEO, B2B Group at Merkle. He explores the transformation B2B has experienced the last few years and how Merkle works to build best-in-breed solutions for their clients. He also discusses the book club he started with his wife. AJ puts up some impressive email numbers, and Vincent loves plants. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I am your host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products and Partnerships. It is so great to come at you every week. This has been a pleasure for me. Thank you so much for listening. The listenership keeps going up. Thank you. We love the emails that we receive from you, the notes, the suggestions. Yes, I am always this happy. Last question I received the other day, it is exhausting. I know, mostly for my wife, sometimes for my CEO, AJ. We'll get to him in a moment. The Marketing Stir, brought to you by Starista. Really quick about Starista. Who are we? We have our own B2B data, our own B2C data. We help companies utilize that data. Marketing purposes, get new customers, hygiene your data. If you want to append additional attributes to that data, we can help. We have our own DSP. We help with email marketing, OTT, CTV, just throwing acronyms at you. We could do it. That's enough about Starista, enough about me. This next man, he is Starista. He is the CEO and founder of Starista. More importantly today, he is my co-host. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Gupta. What's up, AJ? Hey, Vincent. Lot, lots of stuff going on here last couple of weeks of the month here, but uh, glad to be taking a little bit of time away to do this podcast with uh, a very fun guest coming up. Absolutely. I'm so excited that we got this next guest. I've been, uh, you know, I love the company that he works for. I, I love the division because again, I'm B2B. That's just a sneak preview. But yes, AJ, it has been a great month. It's This is a busy month so far. We are in the holiday season. I know this may come out a little bit after, but we're in the holiday season. I've got my red. I've got a poinsettia behind me. I actually went out and bought a poinsettia. They're lovely. They're absolutely lovely. But a great month so far. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think we're sending out close to a billion emails for the first time in a single month. So it is, uh, it's good. That's, it. that's billion with a B, just in case that didn't get so <laughs> great. We appreciate our customers. We really do. As well as this next gentleman appreciates his customers. I know that for a fact. Ladies and gentlemen, please, a warm welcome. He is in New York City, just like me. He is the global CEO of Merkel, the B2B group. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Michael McLaren. What's going on, Michael? Thank you very much, Vincent. It's great to have a chance to talk to you. I was just thinking this morning that somehow I must have found my way onto the A list to get an invitation to come and talk on Starista. Absolutely. You know, that's a, that's a big ticket. I, I can't tell you how excited I am. Yeah, we are excited, you know, we are excited to have you. We're excited to talk about you specifically, your role, but 
you know, Merkel, right? Everyone knows Merkel, at least they should, right? And people listening, if you don't look up Merkel, but Michael, Merkel, as it pertains to your group, the mm -hmm. B2B group, tell us about that. Well, I mean, I think Merkel's history is reasonably well documented. It started as a, as a database company, database marketing, digital marketing, performance marketing. So if you think about the evolution of the industry, we've kind of come from data up and build analytics and, and integration and technology capabilities on the top of that. So um, as part of that, you know, we had a vertical market practice where we would specialize in high tech and financial services and insurance and um, all the other verticals. Uh, and, you know, we had some B2B business sprinkled across those different verticals, but it became clear to us as B2B is going through its own transformation that it would be beneficial for, our, for us to look at delivering a more of a horizontal set of solutions that are built for B2B businesses. So we're, we're sort of driving that B2B specialization against clients that are sitting in all different verticals and really trying to expand that expertise across every vertical that we service. So not just high tech and financial services, but healthcare, uh, you know, um, packaged goods, you name it. There's a, there's a professional services layer of every industry. And Michael, your role specifically as the CEO, walk me through kind of like the day-to-day, -day, what you're kind of have your hands in, overseeing the different groups, and then and talk about the different companies within that group, if you could. Yeah, I mean, we, in building a Merkle B2B, we wanted to build a best-in-breed solution. Uh, and so we looked at the capabilities that were already resident within Merkle. We looked at capabilities that existed in companies that Merkel had acquired um, that were still operating independently. And we looked at B2B capabilities that were kind of white space, you know, where, where do we still need to grow? And we put together a strategy of bringing together five different companies that were dedicated to B2B. Um, so clearly we draw the data technology analytics capabilities from Merkel, the parent, we, uh, about three years ago, we had a, a acquired a media specialist business called DWA, um, which is now known in the market as Merkel DWA, but one of the biggest specialist B2B media companies. Um, Gyro is a long, well-known, established B2B advertising agency, developing creative and content and strategies for B2B brands. Uh, uh, B2B International was a research company that existed in the Dentsu Group that was focused on B2B market research. And then another acquisition, Digital Pi, which is a marketing automation specialist. So Digital Pi delivers Marketo, Eloqua, um, Pardot premium solutions in automation. Um, and we brought that entire group together under the umbrella of Merkle B2B. So, you know, we believe that we're the first place where clients can go to to get an entire end-to-end -end set of capabilities that are fully integrated. So if we want to talk to the clients or clients want to talk to us about data, we have rich data capabilities. If they want to talk to us about analytics, we have rich analytics capabilities, integration, orchestration, activation, and even brand. 
So we have the ability to do all of the big brand building brand campaigns as well. And then all of that held together with a strong backbone of technology chops and, and, and extended into commerce as well. So, you know, we really wanted to build a new type of B2B agency, an integrated agency, um, because we feel that the B2B marketer has been underserviced a little bit. It's, you know, it's, you, you typically have a top funnel, mid funnel, lower funnel kind of group of agencies that specialize in different parts. And we really felt that the solutions that we're building today are so complicated and complex, it requires expertise across the entire stack. And it's hard for clients to integrate that. It takes a lot of work to do that integration. So by bringing it together and building one integrated strategic approach, we believe we can really help clients build solutions across any part of their marketing challenges. Michael, how did you get into marketing in the first place? I noticed you studied marketing in college as well. So did you know from an early age that you wanted to be a marketer? Yeah, I was interested in, in marketing as an undergraduate. Um, you know, we have a different system in Australia where you, you go into a stream. It's almost like a pre-professional stream. So I did a commerce degree um, and with a major in marketing. And when I left university, I joined Unilever as a graduate trainee and had three amazing years as a, you know, eventually a brand manager, but going through that training program um, and really learning the ropes of marketing on the client side. Um, and then after a while, I found myself having meetings at the advertising agency. And as my trip back to the office, I was always like, they're having a lot more fun than I'm having right now. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I took a, a sort of a slight turn to take a job in advertising, thinking it would be just a short period. And here we are, you know, 25 plus years later. So never, never went back. Great. And how, how did you end up in the US from Australia? And looks like you've had some detours in Singapore and some other countries as well. Yeah. I've been lucky to work in a number of countries. I actually also worked in Japan um, for several years, which was a great experience. Um, I mean, I was it's serendipity sometimes. Life has a way of opening a door. You've just got to keep your eyes open. And I'd been working on a number of Unilever brands on the agency side that also had um, business here in the US. They were also marketed here in the US. And at one stage there was a call out for someone with a background on one of these brands. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And uh, so I came over on a short term transfer um, and then was able to kind of navigate to make that a more of a long term opportunity. So, you know, it was uh, serendipitous, but I guess, you know, a lot of the things that got me there were some of the decisions I'd made along the way. So I guess, you know, it, it, you, you have, you can you can have a hand in you where you, you your destiny leads you. And Michael, yes, Australia. I'd never met an Australian. I I didn't like. They're always so always so fun. I met a bunch in, in uh, well, a bunch in Edinburgh. I met them all the time. It's, you know, but uh, you know that's why we we knew that uh, you were fun from the get go. Uh, you happened. You and AJ met uh, a couple of years ago at the Edge Awards. Merkel Great. was receiving the Corporate Disruptor Award. AJ was receiving a Rising Star Award. That's uh, and then and look, you know, years later, you're on the marketing stir. Isn't that great? How that works? 
little relationships like that. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, by the way, I've been very impressed with the track record that AJ's had with Tarista. I've been paying close attention and uh, really impressive. Congratulations, guys. Well, thank you, Michael. Appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate it. I, I met AJ 10 years ago and he was a client at the time. And we said, you know, one day we're going to work together and be at the same company. Took about eight years, right, AJ? But uh, we're here now. And then this podcast came out of uh, March. We were saying, hey, let's let's do a podcast and get great guests on and talk marketing as if we met you at a bar or just a, a trade show. So that's kind of how this came about. Um, Michael, you, you touched upon it already, but what's kind of been the most exciting part about merging those companies together? Well-known companies. I mean, look, B2B International, Gyro, they're, Merkel, obviously, on top of the DWA best B2B agencies Every year, you see, I know DWA well, Bob Ray, uh, he was the CEO mm -hmm. there, know him personally, great. But tell me about what's been the most exciting part of, of merging them all together. I mean, I think it's really exciting when you build something new. Uh, you know, we had to build a big business case to put the group together internally. We, you know, David Williams was very interested and supportive um, and, and Craig continues to be so um, it's exciting to bring people from different backgrounds together to create a common language against a shared mission. Uh, you know, we've been working very hard at integration. You know, we still have a lot of people around. The, we have over a thousand people around the world who are in different markets and coming from different disciplines. So getting everyone on the same page against what are we trying to achieve? I think we are united in our understanding of the fact that B2B marketing, the future of B2B marketing is a pretty exciting place, that it's a category that we feel has been underserved. It's a category that we feel the value proposition is very relevant and compelling. So we're building something and we're, we're you know, it's good to know when the tide is moving with you. Um, you know, B2B marketers wrestling with how do they activate first party data? How do they augment third party data? You mentioned that in your opening. Um, how do you manage around GDPR and CCPA so that you've got your regulatory environment? How do you integrate the expanding capabilities of the marketing clouds and get full value from those investments? How do you plug in additional um, software platforms and software as a service to create better experiences for your customers? I mean, it's really an exciting, it's an exciting phase. Um, you know, there was an old thing when I was first in marketing, you want to get the right message at the right time at the right person at the right place. And, you know, people were talking about ads. Um, you know, now we're talking about experiences and we're talking about immersive experiences. And increasingly, we're going to be talking about anticipatory experiences. So, you know, a customer is going to expect, already does, that you know who they are, you know what business they're in, you know what they might need and that you're starting to help them engage with them in a valuable way so that you can help them get what they need. Um, you know, the role of the brand has changed. It needs to facilitate. It needs to create value and, and exchange value. It's not a communication or a persuasion. It's a, it's a two way flow. So 
it's a super exciting time. I mean, I, I, I tell everybody B2B is the new B2C. Just as <laughs> orange is the new black, B2B yeah. is the new I, I, I like that. You know, I'm a big believer in, in, in B2B. I, I've been in B2B probably half of my career, but the latter, you know, not the, the latter half of these, you know, six to eight years here. And I, I love it because, and this is a question I, I have for you, Michael, marketing seems to be becoming more personalized, right? As marketers fight for those dollars, it's kind of like, all right, well, let's make it a personalized experience. Welcome to the store or a really detailed email that you're getting on the B2C side. But B2B, I think, is getting more personalized as well. But so what, what do you see as the difficulties that marketers are running into well, when it comes I mean to personalization? you know, there's some fundamental data difficulties, right? So people change jobs, um, you know, data, data ages so that it becomes less, um, the veracity of it becomes less accurate over time. Uh, you know, you have to constantly work to keep your database updated. I mean, you guys are sending a billion emails, you know all about that. Uh, and it's getting harder to connect using some of these traditional marketing tools. So, you know, as the wall gardens reduce the amount of data coming back to businesses, as the need to get a more first party relationship with customers gets more important, you know, we have to build data profiles that are rich, that are uh, accurate, um, that are clean and that have permissions. And then we need to constantly keep that sort of environment updated. So I think, I think that's a really interesting one. I, I think the other key change is that is that B2B customers are changing dramatically. You know, they expect better experiences, experiences that are more convenient, more seamless, less friction in the system. So if I move from an email to the dot com, it's going to be consistent experience. It's going to be relevant to me. Um, you know, I'm not getting pushed into dead ends as I'm searching for content on dot com. If I, if I make a physical call to a call center, then someone knows who I am and they understand my background with the company. I'm not treated as an anonymous customer. That's a very important one. You know, quite often data is sitting in silos inside client organizations and the federation doesn't happen so that we market to the same customer 20 times from different business groups or within a client organization or when the customer gets in contact with us, there's no recognition of the fact that they're doing business with other sides of the, the organization. So just there's so many uh, changes to customer expectations and our ability to engage with them. I think the other change is as individuals, as human beings, we are uh, more confident in our ability to sort of drive things ourselves. In B2B, we know that the purchase decision process, the individual is moving deeper and deeper into that purchase without identifying themselves to a person at the client, at the company trying to sell to them. So they're taking charge of that purchase decision a lot more than they used to five, 10 years ago. So it requires a very rich digital ecosystem to manage that and to make sure that the buyer or the, the customer is getting what they need, getting the information they need, getting the pricing they need, getting the comparisons they need, getting the 
third party expert opinions, you know, whatever is going to help move the customer on that journey. We have to make sure that we've put it out in our digital ecosystem in any channel, paid, owned or earned, um, and that we're helping customers make better decisions. And Michael, do you feel the B2B world is as up to speed as the uh, consumer data world, which has been around for a longer time? Or do you think there's uh, uh, gaps that need to be filled in the coming years on the B2B oh, side? I definitely think that, that the data still has a ways to go. Um, you know, now I think a lot of clients are realizing that their first party data is their most important asset. So really understanding how to capture that and structure it and get permissions on it. Um, but from a third party point of view, we've seen some really big changes in the data landscape. I mean, we, we sell a product as Merkle um, called B2B Connect. And what B2B Connect does is it brings the uh, sort of individual information attributes, you know, and connects it with uh, in a safe harbor. Um, can, and, and anonymously connects it with professional data so that we're able to understand the individual, not just as a, as a consumer, but also as a professional. And I think that bringing those worlds together, and if you think about working in COVID, we're juggling the you know, work home blur all the time. So the data is gonna increasingly show these integration points and so, ways to connect with them and means to connect with these audiences um, using insights gleaned from broader parameters, you know, life, passions, interests, um, hobbies, gives us, I think, a much richer palette, both from a, from a media perspective, but also from a creative perspective. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I think uh, the pandemic has just made that much faster for transition and kind of uh, looking at people as individuals versus a B2B file or a consumer file. I mean, there's also just the reality that if you're relying 100% on cookies, there's a lot of businesses, those cookies are sitting in empty offices right now. Right. Um, and, you know, there's still obviously distribution of cookies going on and they're sitting on laptops now, but we're moving to a cookie-less world. And so B2B marketers have got to get adroit at understanding how to connect and triangulate data um, without the benefit of, without the use of cookies. You know, and that, and, and in Merkel's world, we've been, you know, 10 years building this personal data profile that we have permissions to market to, you know, so we can target the known individual. Um, you know, what we've called people-based marketing. We think it's, it's the way, um, you know, it's the way that marketing continues to evolve. Okay. And Michael, obviously you guys have uh, quite a few big brand names and clients. Uh, uh, is there kind of a certain vertical or focus you have for, you know, future clients as you're growing the division? Are there certain parameters in which you're looking for new clients in? It's interesting, uh, AJ. So <clears throat> historically, um, we had a big strength in high tech because they tend to be B2B businesses. So, you know, Dell, Cisco, you know, like the big global high tech businesses. Right. 
Um, there's also big B2B business in financial services and insurance. Um, but when you look across all vertical industries, um, even in packaged goods, you know, people say to me, what do you mean CPG? What's the relevance of that? I'm like, have you ever looked at the professional services division of a Unilever or a Nestle? I mean, they're selling to institutions, they're selling to hospitals, they're selling to, you know, professional buyers who are going through the same kind of, not, not exactly the same, but they're going through a purchase process. They're validating options. They're evaluating, you know, all of the, whatever is on their um, business needs analysis and they're making a business decision. And so we can apply these approaches and technologies to any industry, wherever there's a business selling to another business. And Michael, you know, you've, with your role, I'm sure have traveled quite a bit, you know, and also I know Merkel has always been a, a nice presence at conferences, exhibiting, meeting people. How has that changed for your division and for yourself? What have you been doing? Has, has Merkel still been doing some virtual events yeah. to still get themselves out there? Yeah, I mean, I think it was one of the points I was going to make that B2B has had to really pivot from the physical event, which was a very important part of a lot of marketing mixes. Um, in some companies, half the marketing budget is dedicated to physical events and activation around those events. So that's a big tool taken out of your toolkit. Um, so we've done a, we've been working really hard trying to help clients, you know, expand their virtual presence to create, um, you know, these sort of, uh, you know, virtual engagements with prospects. Um, and we've also done the same thing for ourselves. I mean, to your point, you know, Merkel is active in the industry and often at industry events. And what we've been doing is pivoting to thought leadership and to, um, you know, issues-based webinar strategies so that we can get subject matter experts accessible to people who are in, you know, whatever the solution that they're wrestling with and provide a very intimate um, interaction with those SMEs to help them understand, you know, is it cloud migration? Is it CDPs in the new world? Is it... Uh, the latest on artificial intelligence, um, you know, the what is the acquisition of Slack by, you know, um, Salesforce mean? So, you know, we have the thought leader platform. We've got a lot of really smart people at Merkle and we've basically tried to turn the company inside out a little bit and create access to that knowledge and use that as a, as a kind of an interest generator um, for our lead gen engine. And Michael, you know, for me, being in B2B, right, I, I always want to hear, what are some of the latest? Do, ABM, that, that's been around, that hasn't gone away. ABM still still huge. Sales enablement, you have intent data, right? What, what do you, what's some of the latest and greatest in well, B2B? I mean, there, there's a lot of cool things going on. So let me roll through a few. Mm -hmm. I mean, ABM right now is still at very early stages. I mean, there's some companies that still are following a very rudimentary ABM strategy. Um, you know, put simplistically, ABM is about marketing and sales really aligning on core priority pro, uh, sort of targets and then training all your guns at 
you know, engaging that target. Um, and typically in the old days, it was through one or two channels. And what we try to talk to clients about is you got to move from ABM to ABX, account-based everything, you know, all touch points, all targeted, all trying to get closer and closer to what their customer needs. And now what we're seeing, particularly with COVID-19, and I actually, I've been reading a lot on this lately, is um, the, the loss of access to uh, companies by sales reps. So sales reps can't get in there and, um, you know, meet. So they've got to come up with new ways of doing things. Um, so sales enablement and the, the ABM will extend into sales enablement so that when that virtual call happens and the engagement happens, it's getting informed by all that rich insight coming from marketing. So that's one thing. The other thing we're seeing is the expanding use of machine learning and artificial intelligence. So everywhere from asset allocation, um, uh, priority, next best actions, uh, the whole idea of anticipated um, next needs. So you're gonna see intelligent platforms moving into marketing decision-making um, and, and not just channel selection, but message, channel, time, place, really starting to um, get that intelligent application of that technology. Uh, the other thing we see is some interesting, um, you know, technologies coming through, uh, chatbots, virtual assistants, so really helping customers navigate the digital ecosystem, you know, more effectively. And, and more conveniently, the companies that have really triggered that human interaction and happening on the first hit on the website are reporting huge jumps in um, yields from those interactions. Uh, where we see um, personalization um, going like, you know, it's, it's not gonna stop. Like, where does it find its way? And then as part of that, we're starting to see more dynamic content. So the experience is gonna get built on the fly. So, you know, you're gonna move from pre-prescribed journeys that say, okay, you're coming in, you've got a lookalike profile like this, we'll do these messages to you, we'll get you into this environment. You know, and there's a lot of good work going on there, but it's still pre-prescribing a journey. Where we wanna to pivot to is a much more organic kind of journey where that's getting built around what we're learning about the customer in real time and what they're expressing interest in so that you know websites are getting built content's getting customized emails getting configured and built um, advertising is happening over the top or in digital channels that are dynamically getting composited based on what we know about that customer that's pretty cool and um, you know more and more clients are in are sort of experimenting with those technologies I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening. I could go on for hours. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael, what's been kind of your personal highlight, do you think, at Merkel, something you feel particularly good about? I mean, I'm really proud of some of the work that we've done with some of our big clients. You know, we've built a global uh, platform for Intel, which really is working well. We've got a great relationship. Um, same as, as with Cisco. So, um, you know, close to those businesses and really trying to push the envelope in many areas and they're fantastic clients and we're lucky to work with them. Um, but beyond that, 
I think the, um, you know, the creation of Merkle B2B, the sort of selling the vision, um, getting people aligned around the vision, building the business plan. You know, we've got some very ambitious goals uh, and we didn't really take the foot off the pedal for COVID-19. So that's, that's exciting. You know, we see real transformation taking place in this marketplace and we see real, uh, you know, need for help in a, in a, in a, a good partner way um, so that we're not trying to sell something. We're trying to help solve a problem. Um, and I, I'm excited about that. And we're doing that with more and more clients in more and more areas. And I'm, I'm also intrigued. I mean, I, I've kind of been in the business for a long time and I watched the disintegration of creative and media and digital at, you know, so the, the sort of industry went like that and then clients had to go and buy specialist agencies and um, put them all together. And then half the client's time became tied up with, you know, making them all work together and integrating the various components. And this idea of a integrated solution that's solving it from the customer's point of view, you know, the customer doesn't care where it comes from. The customer just experiences what's around them. And the only way you can do that is you have to build an integrated set of solutions and, you know, steering the industry back into that direction and hopefully proving to be, um, see the value, the clients see the value there. That's exciting. That's exciting. You know, we might, I think we're seeing more and more, especially with challenger brands come in and say, Hey, can you help me with my tech, my media and creative? Like I, I know, I know that I, it's, all, it's all important. So can you help me make good bets on that? And, and that's, that's a lot of fun. Michael, it's always exciting to see somebody you've met at a conference or connected to on LinkedIn uh, get promoted to a level that you are at. Uh, but what was it like when you were first tapped to be the CEO? Was that a little bit of a surprise or had it been building up to it for a little while? Um, well, it was definitely a goal. I mean, I, I don't want to sound arrogant or anything, but if you go onto my LinkedIn profile, you've seen that I've been a right. CEO in a few different places. Um, so I, you know, I, I've, I've got a track record in doing that and, you know, going to Merkel was, was just a fantastic opportunity because the, the business was in the right place at the right time, doing the right things, um, you know, with a very strong uh, ability in data and technology. Um, so I was excited to join, you know, obviously where you start, you want to sort of prove yourself. Um, and, you know, so a couple of years later when the, the opportunity came together, um, I was super excited. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, what I like about Merkel, it's a, it's a performance-based culture, you know, no one's giving anything out, you've got to earn it. And um, results are the, really the thing that we look at. And we're very quantitative, um, you know, we're very quantitative. So, you know, we've got to hit our own hurdles. And, you know, there's not many companies on our industry who have a 20-year track record of a 20% CAGR, um, which, which Merkel does. So I think that's testament to the quality of the team and the, and the company. No, that's awesome. Now, Michael, maybe I'm getting, you know, little in the weeds here, but I'd 
for because the weeds. But the weeds are great, right? Yeah. Let's get in the weeds. We're digging in. This is the marketing stir. People want to know. So, you know, pe- brands listening, B2B who can work with Merkle B2B because there's a few different you know, great names, DWA, Gyro, under one umbrella. What's that process? Is it they kind of go through, can they go through individual companies there? Or is it one, is it Merkel and then yeah, the support's a, all there? It's a, uh, talk it's to a, me about that. It's a great question. I mean, obviously, um, clients can engage with us either through a point solution, you know, so I need a media agency. We have a media agency. Or we can expand into more integrated solutions. And different clients have come in different sort of, you know, we're, we're doing different things with different clients. So we have the ability to kind of toggle back and forth. Um, our goal is to, where it's appropriate and where we can prove our value, is to expand our footprint, you know, our sort of, our scope of engagement with clients. Um, you know, so a part of our strategy is to introduce the client to other capabilities in the group. So, you know, that's not surprising. And then the other part of the strategy is to, engage with companies that are looking to make uh, step changes in their marketing approach and look at it holistically. So that look everything from their technology stack to their data um, uh, situation um, to their marketing programs and try to help them in a variety of places. You know, so we have the ability, you know, we can do email, we can do website, we can do digital experience, we can do uh, automation. Um, we can do AI, we can do cloud integration. You know, we've got tremendous relationships with Adobe and Salesforce and Google and Amazon and Microsoft. So, you know, we can, we can help clients at, you know, whether it's a super scale challenge or a single point challenge, you know, we, we want to, we want to maintain that flexibility. And talk to me a little bit about 2021 some of the you know goals some of the initiatives merging additional uh, you know acquisitions i don't know if you can talk about that but they just yeah little, I mean, 2021, the weeds we said we're getting in the weeds yeah i i, I like the question i mean 2020 <laughs> has been um a year of, of really an interesting pivot i don't know i'm not sure if it's been an easy year for anybody but it's certainly been a challenging one and sometimes when you're thrown a real crisis, it forces you to evolve. And I think we've seen that in, in many, in many client situations, which is great. Um, and, you know, literally pivoting a marketing program and, and, and changing course and quickly building up. We've seen acceleration in the development of the quality of digital ecosystem. We've seen an acceleration in the movement to connected commerce. So commerce is going to be an important piece as we go forward. Um, you know, which gets you into a whole conversation about channel because typically B2B sells to their big clients directly and then sells to everyone else through a channel. But, you know, when you move to a world where connected commerce is a possibility and you're watching the marketplaces and, um, you know, chewing up market share, it's an interesting opportunity to build a direct-to-customer model. And so how's that going to play out? I think that's going to be an interesting subtext of 2021 and 2022. Um, And, uh, you know, personalization and AI. I think those two things are going to just explode. And then, I mean, I don't want to sort of make light of it. 
I mean, marketing automation hasn't anywhere near reached its peak. Uh, you know, that sort of mid-funnel lead nurture model, as it gets more integrated, gets more and more interesting. Um, and as journeys get more personalized, and you know, you're gonna move from, you build eight journeys that you're sort of optimizing to a million journeys that are getting built in real time. It's kind of a mind warp, right? You've got to get your head around the delegation of decision-making to the technology and focus on the moments that matter most and the content and the message and the engagement that's going to bring that customer through, you know, to a purchase and, and a repurchase. Michael, moving on to a little bit more of a staple personal question on the podcast. So I, I was, of course, fortunate enough to run into you at a conference, so you accepted my LinkedIn invite. But for people that don't know you and try to add you on LinkedIn, what's a message that gets through to you and what's one that really annoys you? <laughs> I can see my, uh, my LinkedIn box getting bombed. The, um, <laughs> I mean, on a first contact, I mean, it's presumptuous to try to sell anyone something. Um, and if it's just a pure sales pitch, I'm not going to engage um, or it's unlikely that I'll engage. I think the other thing is, getting back to my point about personalization, I take umbrage at people coming to me with stories about without showing any understanding of what we do, you know, like a completely blind, like sometimes I'll get pitched something and I'll, I'll write a note back and say, by the way, we do this. <laughs> <laughs> we, we sell this like we are a direct competitor what you're selling me are you sure this is the right engagement? are you sure that's the message right so I think that this is I, here's a good rule of thumb how do you meet people you know as a human being how do you form a relationship with someone you introduce yourself when you meet them again you remember their name you remember a little bit about them you build up a profile you engage with them and the relationship grows. And I think we have to think of ourselves as both as professionals, as we're building our peer network, but also when we're managing our clients' brands, think of it almost as we're building a human relationship. You've got to build some trust and some rapport and some empathy, you know, if you want to engage someone and, and if you want to sort of earn their, earn their um, build, you, build that relationship. What about something non-work related, Michael? Any hobbies that you've picked up over pandemic or anything unusual that uh, uh, we wouldn't know otherwise about you? Perhaps you're a cricket fan? Well, we, my wife and I decided when we were originally locked down that we were gonna um, do some reading of some great books. Um, and so we picked a couple of authors that we like and I really like Martin Amos and I really like Richard Russo they're totally different authors from totally different genres. Um, so we selected books that neither of us had read from each of those authors. And then we read them independently. And then we did a kind of a mini book club. And it was kind of fun because the perspective coming was totally different on either side. So that's kind of a fun thing to do with your partner if he ever gets sort of locked in. Um, I mean, the other thing is just trying to get outside. You know, I, I think the working non-stop 24 7 from your home and you know rolling over and then serving dinner to your family and so on that that takes a mental toll and whether you're conscious of it or not 
I really am very sensitive to the toll that this remote workforce who's in, you know, trying to manage and juggle family and everything. And so I always encourage people, take a walk, get outside. I mean, obviously the weather now doesn't always support it, but really try to shift gears a little bit, um, get some external stimulus, get some exercise and come back to it. You'll probably do a better job when you do that. So I've been religiously taking these sort of walks, you know, early in the morning, take a couple during the day and then one at the end of the day just to clear the head. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I come into the office, I live fairly close to it, but just that walk in the morning and, and, and back, even though, again, it is freezing here right now in New York City, but I, I, I agree. I like the idea of different you know, books and then and sharing them with your partner. I like that. Uh, Michael, as we wrap up here, it's flown by really quickly. Just a final thought, anything about life, B2B, Anything you want to leave us with here on the marketing stir? Well, I guess it's impossible to ignore the current environment, right? I mean, there's great hope around the vaccination, but there's still probably several months before many of us are going to get access to it. So, you know, and it's taking a tremendous toll um, on many families, some way more sort of suffering. And so, you know, I guess stay strong is the first message I'd say. Um, stay close, you know, look after yourselves and um, stay positive, you know, because I think the, uh, I, I think we could see a magic, I don't know if it's going to be the roaring 20s again, but I definitely think that we're going to see a pop when, when mm -hmm. the vaccination hits critical mass. Mm -hmm. And that's going to spell both a release for us personally, but also huge opportunities for businesses. I think that that optimism is going to turn the tap on a lot of opportunities and you know the uh the the fast and early bird will get the worm so you know stay positive and stay focused um because i think that we're going to weather the next you know whatever two quarters and then i think that that the wheel's really going to turn and i think that a lot of the pieces that we put in place over the last eight months are really going to bear fruit so I just encourage everybody to stay positive and um, you know, I wish everyone, you know, everyone the best in terms of managing through this pandemic. That's uh, greatly appreciated that message, Michael. We are so happy that we had you on the marketing stir. Thank you for sharing your insights with us. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Michael McLaren. He is the global CEO, Merkel, the B2B group. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.